Hello everybody and welcome to the sixth episode of A Cup of Nepenthe, a positivity podcast to keep you sane during, I guess, Mondays specifically on your quarantining. Uh, today, <laughs> I'm joined by Cam again. I think <laughs> You'll never be rid of me. I think you're the one person who will end up getting the uh, medal of most guest appearances by the end of this. Wicked. Um, I'm a... Uh... I, I will wear that accolade with pride. Put it on your Twitter bu- Twitter bio. Yeah, man. Apparently, that's what most, I do. I, like, I most guest Bill. appearances on a cup of Nepenthe. <laughs> yeah, I said to Bill when we did the quiz, the like New Year's quiz that we did. Um, you can put that in your bio, and then he did it. So his um, <laughs> his bio says permanent qu- uh, quiz champion or something. I don't know. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll do that. Yeah. Uh. Oh, sorry. I'd really needed a drink. That was a bit too enthusiastic. Um, that was a good. That was a good bloop. That, <laughs> that was a good bloop. I hope that makes it in. I I'll leave it just for you. Um, yeah. so I didn't record an episode last week. Uh, because I didn't feel like it. Um, there was no other reason apart from I didn't really feel like it. And so that's I, fine. So I apologize if anyone was waiting on it. Uh, but I didn't want to do it. I just wanted a weekend to play Final Fantasy fourteen, apparently. So that's what I did. Hey man, you've got to you've got to allow yourself that sometimes. I've been I've kind of spent the last couple of weekends making time for myself. Um It's amazing. It it is awesome. Like well last weekend especially. Um and I'm kind of trying to find a balance with this weekend. I've got a few things that I wanna get done. Mm. But I don't wanna do what I did. Um, with the with the last bank holiday, I booked a couple of days off, and I had I had five days in a row, and by the end of that five days, I was more exhausted than when than before I went off because you I did... tried to cram so much into that span of time. <laughs> you did a lot in that time, though, didn't you? Yeah, I really did. But it was it was worth it. Like I rearranged the office, and it looks great. We did a lot of stuff in the in the flat, and uh, I did some like work on uh, on my streaming stuff, and yeah, it was good. It was worth it. But I need to chill out. Yeah, just have a relaxing Final Fantasy Animal Crossing time this yeah. weekend. That's all you need. And yeah, we finally have, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we have we have we finally have a Switch now, so that's uh, what little free time we had left is gone. Just amazing that you managed to get one. I know it was an absolute miracle. Like uh, Emily just found it online by sheer chance at, at retail price as well. Is that what made you bite the fact that it was at retail price? Yeah. It was 270 quid, and we were just like, we are not going to find this again at this price uh, online. Any, so yeah, we, we need to just do it. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. I'm so excited that you got a Switch, because now I can recommend you all of the games. I know, right? I'm like, oh man, Fire Emblem, there's, there's a Warriors game, and there's a main game. So you should play them. Yes. <laughs> and Wait. you got it just in time for Xenoblade Chronicles. So there you go. Hell, yes. We'll probably be late to the party on that one. But yeah. at least we have the ability to play it now. I mean, anyone who's not played the game by now is technically late to the party. I was late to the party because <laughs> I wasn't a niche JRPG fan when it came to Wii games, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know. That's the thing, like, because at the moment, everywhere's shut. And the only places that are like selling games locally, it's all the kind of obvious stuff that you would get with a Switch. 
like Mario Kart and stuff. Yeah. Whereas I'm kind of like, I don't really know what I want. Like we got Animal Crossing, and that's essentially all that it is at the moment is an Animal Crossing machine, um, and and a panel dupont machine. Um, <laughs> but I just I really liked that game when I was a kid, right? I, so, I mean, when I when I played it, it was it was Tetris Attack and not Panel dupont but they're they're the same damn game. Um, yeah. It's kind of like how because on the on the SNES emulator on there as well, there's uh, Puyo 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 Two. Mm. Uh, which is just Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. <laughs> it's the, it, And it, I look at it and I'm like, wow, that marketing back back in those days was a very different get, beast. You should get Puyo Pop Tetris. It's Tetris and it's Puyo Pop. I think I do need to. I, I reckon it's that's really one good. game that I would really, would really enjoy, yeah. Um, there are a few, but I think the major, for the majority of it, that's kind of Emily's machine that I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Because you go play that Animal Crossing. Yeah, man. Um, so how have you been over the last few weeks? I've been good. Yeah, I've been. Um, it's been a bit up and down the last couple of weeks. I'll be honest. This this past two weeks has probably been the most challenging, um, and I don't really know why. I've just been getting like really stressed out, really feeling really vulnerable, and. Um, I think it's just, I don't know. A few, a few things have happened, and uh, I'm sure. Here we go. Immediately, this, this is why you invite me onto these, in, onto these podcasts <laughs> because Cam rolls in, and not 15 minutes into the podcast, or well, five minutes into the podcast, he immediately starts to overshare. Um, so that content. Um, <laughs> I have this really, and I've had it for, for, for a long, long time. I have a really, really strong complex about being left out um and it's a completely irrational complex um and it comes i i'm assuming it comes from some deep-seated thing in my childhood um but i get yeah i just get like these really irrational kind of fits of oh you know why am i why am i being left out of things when no one's doing it by choice um it's completely like um it's just normal relationships and the way the stuff works um but if i can't be involved in everything all the time sometimes i get a bit upset about it mm. and um it sucks because um it, it makes me it it basically makes me consider some really like unhealthy courses of behavior and right. um yeah like i used to be a bit of a a bit of a a bit of a shit person um at least in terms of like relationships and like how i how i would handle my uh, my significant others in my life and um i used to kind of without without realizing it and without intending to i used to uh behave sometimes in a in what i would say is a pretty abusive way not like a overtly horrible horrible person thing but it was just my insecurities mm. um and that's i mean that's ultimately when uh when people get like that they usually have some kind of deep-seated problems or, or insecurities or not that i'm not that i'm trying to explain away or excuse anyone who behaves like that um i think my thing is just if they don't if they don't realize they're being like that then that's their problem yeah and i'm quite fortunate in that uh, about 10 years ago I had a bit of a wake-up call 
and I realized how toxic I was being. And then I've been spending the kind of last decade of my life trying to sort it out. But of course, it's not something that goes away easily. And I just, I guess I, I guess the point that I'm getting at is um, I reached a point earlier this week where that deep-seated insecurity and the fact that we've been in lockdown for three months now, um, it all just finally caught up with me. I was And I was exhausted anyway because I've been yeah. like pushing myself maybe a bit too hard. So um, yeah, I kind of reverted to, to some pretty uh, manipulative and shitty ways to try and get attention. And uh, fortunately, I kind of caught it immediately and went, I need to do something about this. But it's one of those things where it's difficult to catch that and stop it before you've done something stupid. Right, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was all in all, bit of a tough week but by the end of this week I now feel better than I have done in ages one of the things I was getting stressed out about is um I was getting really mixed signals from my work about returning to the office yeah because one of the um one of the things that I've kind of figured out and one of the things that I kind of openly admitted on a on a stream that I did uh, a couple of weeks ago was that I am I'm terrified that my job is going to turn around and be like right back to the office now and kind of iris- un- unrelated to, to COVID-19 or whatever I'm worried that it's going to es- essentially destroy everything that I've built up up until this point because on a very selfish level I've kind of found a work-life balance that works really well for me and I'm kind of thriving from that but I realize that it's a completely um, unrelated thing. It's not connected to what's going on at all. It just so happens that by sheer coincidence, the lockdown is what made me realize that. So they're, they're all talking about this and it, they've fortunately they've, they've kind of clarified their stance and they're like, we, we still want people to stay at home. We're just getting preparations in place for when we are told that you can come back into the office. Right, which is which I don't which imagine helped. it will be anytime soon. No, right? it's gonna be it's gonna be a couple of weeks um, at, at earliest, and even then, it's gonna be phased return. I think we're gonna be split into two groups that do like a week in and a week out. So it'll be one group does a week in, they disinfect over the weekend, and then another group comes in, um, and then I'm just gonna have to have a separate conversation about the positive effects that working from home has had on had on my mental health. Um, but it's at the same time though it's not for everybody like I know people that are desperate to get back in the office and more power to them like if that's what they if that's what they need to kind of you know um, be happy with what they're doing then then they should be allowed to Um, Mm. it's just I guess I've learned a lot about myself and what I value through this time and the idea of having that kind of taken away from me before I'm ready was uh, was pretty upsetting yeah i can imagine but that's all been sorted and like i say end of this week work home everything i feel great like i feel the happiest and healthiest that i've been in a very long time like a really long time and it's weird <laughs> well that's great though i know like i'm really you. i'm really chuffed about it like i've it's almost like i've gone full circle 
and um maybe i needed to go through that really kind of low point to maybe realize how how happy i am actually what was it that bob ross said you need to have the dark with the light or otherwise the light doesn't show as well what a guy what a guy <laughs> anyway yeah sorry i i, I no, nattered no, on fine. for a while there how are you um i probably similarly had a really really bad week last week as in the week before this week that we're on now <laughs> um where I had the realization uh, that I have some serious issues with grief still. Okay, yeah. Uh, regarding both my sister and my stepdad, who both passed away last year, but my, spe- my sister more specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that I self referred to a therapist. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because I just I think I need to talk to someone who is uh, not involved in that situation, so I can get more of a perspective on it. I guess. Yeah. Because apparently, something that's very common is the feeling like when you're grieving for someone, the feeling of that should have been me. Like, yes. I wish that had been me. Yes. Apparently that's really common. Yes. Which I didn't know. Because I've been feeling that way for probably about a year now. Um, so I'm going to talk to a professional about it. I'm taking the advice that we did in that last podcast that we did together. <laughs> and I self-referred myself. Uh, which is apparently a thing you can do, which I did not know. Um, so if that is of interest to anyone uh you can look for local resources in your area and self-refer if you need to because i didn't know that it's a um a very a very sensible step and i'm honestly i'm glad to hear that you've done that because um yeah i i don't think you were ever really given a chance to to do anything about it and i mean like you said yourself you unfortunately sort of had the the double whammy um and of course one was a lot more sudden and um yeah yeah so i can i can definitely empathize with <clears throat> kind of how you're feeling right now and the fact that you've not really had a chance to process properly or or talk to anyone i think about part it. of it as well is that i didn't want to process it like that yeah. was well no why, why would you yeah, it's like I don't want to deal with it because if I don't deal with it, then I'm fine. Like yeah. whatever. But that's also a very, a very common reaction. You you compartmentalize and you and you hide it away. Um, but it 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 comes out in unexpected ways. It just came out because it was the stupidest thing. I was I made myself some noodles. I had it like literally packet like a packet of cheap noodles with soy sauce in a bowl and i was going up the stairs and i tripped over uh this the noodles went everywhere the soy sauce went everywhere the carpet's fucked i'm looking at this and i just start crying and i'm just Mm -hmm. like i'm not i'm just this uh, this noodle situation has brought out every single feeling that i've been bottling up for the past year and a half it's what it's it's all it takes sometimes 
all it all it takes is you you like stub your toe or something and then and it it just breaks like yeah. the 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 mask shatters and everything comes out and i was like okay wasn't expecting that today but i guess yeah. that's where we are <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, I rang my GP and they said, oh, you can actually self-refer to this particular local uh, therapist thing uh, and they will ring you. So they rang me. We've organized an assessment because I have to go through an assessment process. Yeah. And then after that, I will get whatever counseling they think I should have. So good. I took your advice and my own, I guess. Because it's easy to go, oh, just talk to someone. But it's harder to talk to someone. Yeah. Counseling is is one of those really weird things as well where you, you'll you go in. Or at least this, this is my experience. It could be, it could be different for other people. But I've, only, I've only ever had four counseling sessions uh, in, in, my, in my life. But um, in those sessions, I would go in and... And obviously it depends on the person that, that you're with as well. But I felt like, I think I had an hour, I think my sessions were an hour and a half. And um, I always, always felt like kind of going through, they're not listening to me. Like, I don't, I don't, like I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this stuff. Um, because, because the way that counseling usually works is they just get you to talk, right? So they will, you'll say something. They'll, they'll, they'll kind of start off with, well, how are you feeling? And then you'll come out with, um, like a piece of advice that that Emily and I have both been given in the past is go in with the, go in with a topic in mind. Never just go kind of go in empty. Think like, is there a specific thing that you want to talk about? Which obviously you do, um, and talk about the focus on that because you want to get the most out of your time as possible. So think about a specific thing that you want to talk about and lead in with that. And um, I mean, for for me, the most part was stress about work but either way like mm. because they'll ask you how you're feeling and you start off and then they'll essentially just continue to ask you follow-up questions and maybe offer some advice along the way but yeah. um it isn't until you kind of walk out of the session that you go oh shit i actually feel loads better guess i'll find you know, out what that's like soon <laughs> yeah it's it sneaks up on you it's it's really weird and like i say by the end of those sessions that i had um it was it was great like I don't know it was just a, it's just a really profound thing and it's just i think it is just the benefit of um of talking to someone yeah i'm interested to see how it will be because i'm imagining it will be different to the only other kind of like therapy i've ever had which was um cognitive behavioral therapy yes yeah it will be um, it'll be different to that because i Every time I came out of a CBT session, I felt like shit, and I don't yes. know why. I just felt really bad, so I just I mean, stopped doing that. Uh, yeah, because because the way that CBT works, as I understand it, is it's basically trying to rewire the associations in your brain, because because um, because your brain is ultimately an association machine, right? Yeah. Um, this connects to this, connects to this, connects to this, which means if something gets kind of messed up then um, your brain will start to associate completely unrelated stuff to things that it shouldn't, and it all gets tangled up in a bit of a mess. So CBT is kind of the process of realigning some of those things. But of course, in order to do that, you have to confront some pretty gnarly shit in your brain. Um, whereas, um, so, so yeah, CBT is a lot more intense. 
and um, you'll probably find that not that counseling isn't intense but you'll find it's much more conversational in kind of its its structure and it's very much led by you and I, uh, I yeah. think I'm looking forward to it you won't I mean you won't know <laughs> until you until you step in I'm just looking forward to like talking to someone who like I said is removed from the situation so mm-hmm. they'll I hope have an ins- I can give them an insight into what happened. Well, yeah, and you can kind of, you can kind of, g- <laughs> you can give them both barrels almost. You can just be completely un- unabridged in what you're saying, um, and who cares what they think, right? You're only gonna talk to them for, you know, th- this is their job ultimately. Um, so I get an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I get any follow up sessions after that, but they'll know that I'm. There. I, am, so I imagine good. that'll be. I imagine that'll be their discretion, or if yeah. you decide you don't need any more, hmm. we'll find out. I'll keep you loosely updated. I will not go into <laughs> details. Well, yeah, on obviously, because that. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. But yeah, I, w- I would definitely like to know at least how you felt about it. Yeah, um, I'm curious. I think I'm excited because I'm ready to stop feeling guilty every time I wake up in the morning. So yeah. that'll be nice. Um, guilt is a guilt is a bitch it is quite possibly the single human emotion that i despise over all else guilt is evil it is pure evil like i don't like it's obviously it has its it has its uses and it has its purposes but it just the the way that it can be weaponized the things that it makes us do to ourselves, um, yeah, I, I just, I hate it. I, I hate guilt as a, as a concept. Um, it just feels like such a weird thing to feel when yeah. I know somewhere in my mind I shouldn't feel guilty, but at the at the front of my mind is, but yeah, you should. You should yeah. feel like shit. You should feel like everything's your fault. It's and I know it's... somewhere that it's not, but <laughs> I think the thing I think the thing with me and, and guilt, right, is that it's all consuming. So mm. you'll feel bad about one thing. Like sometimes I'll I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like, right, okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do X Y Z, and then I don't I don't do X, and then because I feel bad about not doing X, I'm so distracted that I don't do Y, and then I feel bad that I don't that I've not done Y, so I just go, oh fuck it, and then I don't do the other thing that I was meant to do either. It just becomes yeah. this black hole that draws everything into it. And it's just not, not healthy. Like there's a, to me, there's like a distinct difference between kind of morality and understanding when you've done something wrong and taking steps to fix it. And then there's that. Yeah. There's like guilt that makes sense. And then there's just. And then, yeah. And then there's (laughs) there's that. There's evil bullshit guilt. And like I say, it's that kind of guilt that can be weaponized as well. And it's just a, it's the number one tool of abusers the world over because um, there are people out there that can sense it and they'll latch onto it and just and use it to drive you into the ground. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, so I'm glad that quarantine is when I figured that out, because yeah. no one can fucking talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, moving on to the topic 
of today. We're going back a little bit to the last episode that you were on. I mentioned that I actually wanted to talk about boredom and how that yes. might uh, affect one's mental health in So this is this is quarantine. like ep- what what episode was that? Was that That was episode four? 4. So this is like episode 4 part 2. Yeah. Like the Final Fantasy 15 part 2 that I'll never get. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so one question that someone asked me is for a topic for this podcast is how do you deal with board boredom sorry um because it's very easy to feel bored when you can't go out and you can't hang out with your friends and you can't even like reliably make plans to hang out with your friends um so my answer is video games, but I don't know if you have more of an insight <laughs> than me. It's it's difficult, right? Because everyone is different. Um and like everyone has their has their own like different interests and stuff. Because I could I could go through like my week, but that might not be interesting to somebody. Um the only the only thing that I can really think of to really help with boredom, because again, boredom is one of those things that becomes a bit of a black hole. Because you'll end up in you'll end up in situations where you're sat there on in your chair, like looking at your screen, and going like, I don't know what to do. You mindlessly flick through YouTube. You mindlessly flick through Netflix. You're kind of looking at your game collection, DVDs, whatever, and being like, I don't know. I'm bored, but nothing here looks particularly appealing. Um, and yeah, again, it's the it's the boredom. You're you're so. You're so bored that you don't know what to do. Like you, you yeah. don't know how to solve the problem. Um, and the only, the only thing that I can really think, because I've not like this whole time that we've been in lockdown, I don't think I've ever felt bored. Well. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Like, and I understand that that's like I'm an exception, but I think really the biggest reason for that is um, I have have a schedule which is right. gonna like it's saying it sounds boring and it sounds daft but you um having having structure to your days even if you're like on if you if you're not working for whatever reason having some sort of loose structure to your day and having like a maybe a checklist of things to do that you set the day before is probably at least in my opinion one of the best ways to conquer boredom because if you're coming up with an idea of list of things to do the day before you go to bed kind of already setting up in your mind right okay i'm going to get up and i'm going to do x y i'm going to do i'm going to do these things and you kind of wake up with that being like right okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do these things you it's almost like you've already kind of prepared yourself for it whereas i think where if you're already in the bored situation um like i say it kind of it kind of feeds itself once you're there it's very hard to get out of if you can stop yourself from getting there by making plans the day before then it's a lot it's a lot easier to to not fall into that so like for example me today i've got some and it's only like little tinkery things that i need to do need to do like can do um but yeah and like i mean us it's very straightforward for us because we both stream on a regular basis yeah so my my life is kind of tailored around that right now um i also i also work full time so there's that so i've i've already kind of got a basic structure to my life already yeah. 
um but just try and do it like organize time with your friends and be like right hey let's do a thing at this time on this day every week and kind of block it in yeah and i Uh, yeah it's the it's kind of the only firm thing that i could really say like as a technique yeah i think the friends thing is a good idea actually because me and kinross every tuesday now uh pick a disney film to watch on disney plus and then we watch it together um (laughs) so we mentioned this in the last episode I think since then we watched The Lion King and we watched Mulan. That oh. was fun. That was a fun time. Mulan was when I was a kid. I used to have this terrible habit of um, if I had a movie that I liked on VHS or whatever, I would just you watch used to it watch it over and over again, over and over and over and over again. I think it yeah, dro- I did the same thing. I, yeah, I think it drove my parents barmy. Um, <laughs> Like, I used to go over to my, my grandparents on my dad's side of the family, and they had a collection of Disney movies on VHS. And they had, um, my, I didn't have it at home, but they had The Sword in the Stone. Yeah. So, um, I would probably watch The Sword in the Stone like twice a week because I'd go, I'd go there and I'd just want to watch Sword in the Stone. And I'd watch <laughs> it twice never in one seen day. That film. Maybe, oh, so good. Maybe we should make that one of the things that me and Kinross watch on Tuesdays. Yeah, man. It's, it's, um... it's, it's awesome. It's a, yeah. Which is why I kind of think that we should do the Witcher the Witcher yes. watch party or something. Cuz also it'll make us watch it. Cuz yeah. we don't like we're not kind of a series watching it's not something that we we do like um my our friend Phil we uh, the only reason that we started watching anime again was because we made an anime we did like an anime club with Phil every Friday and of course that's been sort of kiboshed now. Yeah. But it's one like I have been thinking maybe I should get in touch with him and be like, "Yo, do you want to just do this online for a couple of hours on a Friday night?" Yeah, because we we plowed through some shows back then. We were watching shitloads of Black Clover, which is an awesome series that I recommend. Um, we got through like I think we we're almost we we got through like seventy episodes in like no time flat. Oh my god. Um. It was and it was because we ended up in a situation where it was like we haven't really got anything to do. Let's watch some Black Clover. And I think what happened is Black Clover replaced YouTube for us because we we got into this really bad habit of just surfing YouTube like mindlessly and just consuming everything. Yeah, yeah, and we were like, well, we could we could do something else instead. We can actually watch things. Yeah, but we're not doing that right now. But I feel like I'm I'm just too busy. Maybe what we need to do is we have a Witcher watch party for the first episode. You'll like it so much that you'll just carry on watching it. That's probably what will happen, to be honest. I think that's the thing with with me is um, I'm very kind of hyper-focusy. Something will grab my attention and then I will just drain every single last piece of life from it. Um, I'm like that, and then I talk about it, and people want me to stop, and I know they want me to stop, <laughs> but they don't tell me, so I yeah. don't stop. <laughs> I uh, I do that, and then I just lose, and then and then I will suddenly, on like the the turn of a screw, um, lose interest. Yeah. And uh, I think I mentioned this on a on a stream. I think when I was having my feedback stream a couple of weeks ago, it's one of the reasons why um, I'm kind of really I feel like Dungeons and Dragons is something that's really special because it is the one thing that survived that 
Yeah. Like I got interested in it and I I was consuming it so much that I burnt out. Like I was running a million games a week. Mm. I burnt out. And um, normally what happens is if I do that to myself, I lose interest and I won't go back to it for months, maybe even years. Um, with D&D, it took maybe two weeks. So I was yeah. like, oh, oh shit. Okay, this is something I need to keep close because it doesn't matter how much I drive myself into the grain with it. I'm still, my interest remains. I think D&D is probably a little bit different to like a piece of media though, because it's so versatile, I guess. Yeah. I've been, so maybe funnily that's enough, one I was, of the reasons. I was talking to, um, I was talking again, same friend, Phil. I was, I was talking to him about it. And I said, the thing is, because I've, as, as you mentioned before as well, I've recently started playing Final Fantasy fourteen again. Mm. And fourteen for me is um, one of those things where I'll start playing it and I'll get super obsessed with it for a few months. So let's say, for example, like Shadowbringers came out in June of last year and uh, I took a week off to play that and then emily and i just like it consumed our lives for maybe a good few months after that and then suddenly i just lose all interest um yeah but it's i always go back to it eventually um but it's been really nice to kind of start playing it again now in tandem with D because i've now got two things that i really really enjoy um and but they they work on my brain in very different ways like I think D&D has been really good for my mental health for one reason and that's that it's kind of it's stimulating in a way that nothing else can be right, right. and the fact that I'm kind of sat in the DM seat and for that period of three hours four hours or whatever I am constantly like firing on all cylinders it's like um it's like a high intensity workout for my brain because I'm constantly yeah. like for that three hours I am constantly thinking um improvising so, all of the time <laughs> yeah exactly and it's it's been fantastic for that reason but now that I'm kind of going back into video games and Final Fantasy and stuff like that um it's nice to have that as a kind of a when I want to take my foot off the gas and just do something a bit more chilled out yeah that's the role that Final Fantasy fills so kind of having those two pillars as it were like this last week when I've been juggling the two has been really nice because I can sort yeah. of, I've got that varying scale of engagement that I, that I require. So that's yeah. the other thing, I guess, is the, the other thing I suppose I would suggest to stop you from kind of burning out and then ending up in a situation where you don't want to do anything and then getting bored about it is um, have kind of have activities in your mind with varying degrees of kind of brain intensity. Um, yeah, that's that, that is one of the reasons that I think Final Fantasy fourteen has been kind of nice when I've been playing it on my own. I just walk around and just yeah. do a quest or two, and I don't have to think about it too much. Mm -hmm. um, which is very different from a lot of other multiplayer games that have been in my life. Like yeah. Overwatch, that's... <laughs> that's not mindless. It might yeah. seem it, but... And I would say that something like something like Overwatch or like high end, like super high end Final Fantasy or anything like that, hits different to something like D and D. Oh yeah. You're... In the sense that, like, I just feel like I've done I've done like end game content on Final Fantasy before, and it's just stressful. <laughs> like I, I I find it just really 
like it's it's great when you when you beat it and it's a really good high um but i don't know there's just it it doesn't quite meet the same hit the same note that kind of having to be on my toes with D D is and i think part of the mm. reason for that is because even if i do reach a point where i think i have no idea what i'm doing there's no hope this isn't salvageable um we're we're gonna have fun at the end of it like it doesn't matter we'll get to the end of the session and it'll still be like yeah we had a laugh yeah i don't think there's ever been a time that i've played D that i've been like well that sucked <laughs> yeah um, um i have but i'm obviously looking at it through a different lens yeah well you're always too harsh on yourself <laughs> um especially when it comes to dming i feel because you're like at the end of a session sometimes you'll be like uh, i kind of wanted that to go a bit differently or I'm, i wanted I'm... to do this a bit better and we're like yeah but we have fun <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm getting better at that like i haven't felt like that in a while i think the only the only time recently that that happened was um with that one adventure where you were you were in jail and i hadn't really thought it through and we I op- destroyed that session. God, that was... But again, that was just... That was an example of... Um, to kind of... Putting you guys in a situation and not really thinking about what your options were. And I, I don't know. It was it was a mess. Like, I had... I think what it was is I locked myself into an idea and hadn't really considered it in more, much more detail than just what the idea was, if that makes any but, sense whatsoever. But the thing is... It was still fun. It was still fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, what I'm getting think... at is play D&D. Yeah, you should, honestly. like It's just a really good excuse to hang out with your friends. Yeah. At, at the like most basic level, you get to hang out with your friends, and you'll probably have fun. It's great. Um, also, in news of D&D-ish stuff, I did purchase a copy of the Witcher TRPG rule book thing no that's rule set rule set is the word i was going for um and that will keep me at least mildly entertained for many many months before i understand what that game is actually about so it really does like i've only i've only seen the character sheet and it immediately strikes me as a lot more crunchy than uh than fifth edition dnd yeah um probably not my smartest move if I'm gonna be honest, but the thing, but no one I else the, was gonna run The Witcher, so yeah. And the, I mean, the thing is, though, with with crunchy games, it's you can scale it back, right? If there's a mechanic yeah. that you that you don't really like, you can just be like, oh well, we'll we'll deal with this in a slightly slightly different way. Like all tabletop role playing games are just frameworks at the end of the day. Um, yeah. So yeah, you can you can kind of cut things out or change things or. Do I think I'm definitely going to cut stuff out of The Witcher. Like, mm-hmm. there's, um, there's a mechanic in it that's every time you... Let me try and... Oh, is this... Yeah, I think I know what you're going to say, yeah. So, <laughs> every time you don't dodge a hit, your armor takes damage, and the player has to keep track of how much armor damage they have on a specific piece of armor. Bear in mind, you have three different parts of armor that you can get hit on. Um, if not more. I don't know. Um, and when that breaks, you don't have armor anymore. Like, when it gets to zero, you're just walking around in fucking common clothes, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) And you have to go and buy new armor, which is incredibly expensive. 
So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to keep the armor thing in there if I'm being it seems like, totally it seems honest. Like, from what I can gather, it seems like the Witcher is kind of going for a gritty, gritty realism aspect. Yeah, um, where, where which, was it? Where life is cheap and equipment's expensive or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, which is, you know, a lot of games do that. Um, you can do it with D&D as well. Like You, you can make it quite uh, unforgiving if you want it to. Um, but I feel like it lends itself better to not being like that. But Well, the thing is, now that I have the rule book, I can look through that, I can get inspiration, and if I really hate the system, I could still technically homebrew a Witcher game using 5th edition. I mean, yeah, so... you, you could I mean, you could, you could do that with anything, really. Like, Emily and I have joked before. It's one of those things where we go like, ha ha ha, unless. Um, <laughs> with uh, a Final Fantasy fourteen kind of homebrew oh setting God. for a game. Because Emily, like, she... If there's something that she knows inside out, it's the lore of Final Fantasy fourteen. Like she's far away ahead of me in terms of like what what she knows and the level of detail that like she's invested in that in that world. Yeah. Um, so that would be great, and I guess it wouldn't be it wouldn't be very difficult to take one and and put it in the other, and um, because the, the the classes kind of line up one to one almost. Um, you would just have to say, like, if you're playing as a bard, you can only use a bow. Yeah, no. And things like that. But it would be, I think it would be interesting. But I think at the time when we were laughing about it, we we were still quite new to 5th edition. So we were like, we should really kind of get to grips with that before we start butchering it. <laughs> I feel like you probably know 5th edition quite well by now. I think so. I'd like. I'd like to think so. But yeah. Now so we go ulti- to fourth edition and Pathfinder. <laughs> no, I do have the fourth edition rules, which I should read at some point. Apparently, it's got some good stuff in it that was uh, removed from fifth edition. Huh. That's worth. That is worth like at least considering. Um, Interesting. Yeah, like fifth. Like fourth edition isn't isn't popular by any stretch of the imagination, because um, it made it. To, it was too quote unquote gamey. Um, right <laughs> but um it i think they just basically tried to make it more like an mmo in terms of the way it played and the way that um ev- everything seemed focused on combat from what i gather there was i'm gonna be um, honest my favorite thing about D D is not the combat so yeah i don't know and you I have to uh i think to play fourth edition you have to have a battle map like you can't it's all based on like miniatures Uh-oh. um so you can't like do, or you probably can do theater of the mind, but it's a lot more difficult. I like the fact that I don't have to have a perfectly painted mini that I did <laughs> for DFT. Yeah, that makes me very happy because it's just uh, a very high. It would be a very high barrier to entry, I think. Yeah, if it, if it did. If it it's was already... like, well, now you just like buy a set of dice and hope that your DM's already bought a bunch of stuff on D and D Beyond, but yeah. Um, yeah, you just hope that your DM is nuts like me and just buys everything. Because <laughs> he can't stop. Oh, what's that? You want to play this class? Oh, I guess I gotta buy. <laughs> oh, Theros comes out at the end of the week. I'm so excited. Oh, what comes with that then? It's a, it's a new, it's a campaign setting. So you Ooh. get like, there's some new, a couple of new races. Like they're, they've made like Ooh. a Satyr playable race. Ooh. Um <laughs> There's the there's the laying in that are like buff lion men, um, 
Tundra. Ye- Tundra. Nah, he's a he's a tabaxi. I could I could make him a lay-in, but nah. Um, <laughs> Tundra. And then character classes. There's there's a college. There's the College of Eloquence, which is a bard college all about like I immediately just go Phoenix right. Um, but it's kind of it's more about like debating and talking than being a performer. Oh. Um, and then there's the Paladin Oath of Heroism, which is one that I'm really excited for. It's a cool, a cool oath. There may also be something else that I'm that I'm forgetting, but those are the two that I know for definite are in it. And it's all it's a it's a D and D world that is based on a magic world, but it's all like based on um, like Greek and Roman mythology and and stuff, and it's really cool. Oh, that does sound that does sound kind of neat. I'll show you some of the artwork later if you want. It's Hell all yeah. like there there are like gods and demigods and the gods are sweet because they're like partially um like they they've got like stars and like galaxies and shit in them. Oh and God. it just looks it just looks awesome. None of them is going to going to be as good as my boy Tear though. <laughs> I don't know. Hell yeah. I don't know what it is about D&D but for some reason I feel genuinely kind of an attachment to Tear. Well, I, don't, I don't know what, what it's magic that is, but he is. He's your, he's your boy, and he's helping. He's helping you out. He's you've both he made got me a, a paladin, you know. Yeah, you've both got a common a common goal, and he's uh, he's helping you, basically helping you help him get his friend back. I really love D anD. d We <laughs> we could probably make a whole D anD. d podcast. To be fair, this that is... sounds like this is what this is becoming. So yeah. maybe we should maybe we should move on. Because I know that there are going to be some people that aren't as bothered about it, but you should be bothered about it. Just try it, like seriously, just try it. But try it with friends. Don't like. Obviously, there are some people who you can go on like Roll Twenty and and find a group, like find a pickup group, and and try it that way. But I do, I do feel like that's a very different experience to playing with friends. There's a lot more anxiety involved, and you just. You just get assholes a lot of the time as well. Like, I mean, you, you could get you could get lucky, right? You could get lucky and you could find a really cool group of people. So I definitely wouldn't dissuade people from doing it. But if it's your first time playing D&D, you should probably play with people that you're close to that you trust. Um, yeah. Like, it's, like, that was with me, right? Like, when I first started playing, my thing was I do not want to play with people that I don't, that I don't trust implicitly. Um, and it's only recently that I've started kind of opening the doors and being like reaching out to people. I'm still a ways off playing with complete strangers. Oh yeah. Um, but like that'll come. I think I think my ultimate goal will be um, maybe when kind of everything has blown over and we start doing cons and stuff again. I would quite like to run a game at a con. I think that would be pretty fun. Oh, like that JoJo's game that we signed up for and never went to. We just didn't feel like it. Um, I do feel that bad. That would have been though, our though. first sort of like experience with it as well. To be fair, we were, yeah, we were we were considering it, and then I think we were just I, we were hungover, and it was early in the day. Um, it was on Sunday as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was kind of a bad time. I think the problem was as well as we we wanted to play D and D, and I think yeah. we just kind of signed up for that because we couldn't play D and D. Do it. I'll put myself on the back at this so you'll, you know, have the chance to play with new people. But then if you I mean, need a backup just, player, then I'll, I mean, I'll probably there. just run run for you guys privately. So um. hell yeah, I just I just want to play more D anD. I have like 
one of the things I really have found an enjoyment in doing for some reason lately is coming up with character ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, not it's backstories fun. or anything, but being like, oh man, it'd be cool to play like this race, or I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Um, I really kind of want to play a drow, but I don't know how I would do that. Because they're, uh, they can they're... be a bit yeah there 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 are ways that you can do well i mean and also like emily and i have talked about this at length and there's a lot of conversations going around online about kind of quote unquote evil races like should they really be a thing um so a lot of play a bugbear well look at um look at wild mate right the 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 critical role like setting drought drought aren't evil in that i mean orcs aren't evil in that setting either um it's just kind of a circumstantial thing rather than a uh a it's like born into you whatever um there so there are ways ways around it there's a guy guy in one of my campaigns that plays a drow and uh yeah they're not they're not an evil society by by any means it was just uh the that's based in a homebrew world and the whole thing is just they are looked down on but it's because in there was a war between basically two rival factions and it just mm. so happened that the drow picked the faction that the rest of the elves weren't weren't aligned with so they are thought of as traitors in that regard but right um but that war was a very long time ago so people don't really care um yeah if people did it would be more of a storyline thing than just people's general reaction i mean like you've right you 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 know it firsthand that i've i've really gone to a lot of work to try and tone down the racism in my D settings because it just didn't make me feel good like when when you would enter a town and then the because obviously two of the three of you play tieflings and the yeah. immediate thing that you would say is you're going in somewhere is oh they're gonna hate us because we're tieflings and i was just like i don't want this to be in my game i love the fact that you made a bunch of like npcs that are like oh my god a tiefling that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> And I'm de- like my character is definitely sort of in love with one of them, yeah, because man. he fucking wears horns. Yeah, he's a he cosplays he, as a tiefling. He cosplays as a tiefling. He's just is a that, dude. that? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Some people might see that as disrespectful, but I guess you leave it's that cultural down. appropriation. <laughs> you leave it. You leave it down to the character. He was just trying to do something interesting. Um, but... You do too many things with like innkeeps. <laughs> I just try and make my in- I, just, I just try and make my innkeepers really like wacky and and strange. One dresses as a tiefling. This one is haunted by ducks. Uh, <laughs> just innkeepers. it's good times. Um, I'm gonna search well, out every single in in every world that we <laughs> ever go to now. Uh, what what was uh, what was the point that I was that I was getting at? What were we talking about? We were talking about boredom, but then we talked about D and D for half an hour instead it's probably because it's the thing that we've used to kill our boredom for most of most of the time yeah um, which i understand as well is not like doable for everyone because well i guess everyone's got a lot more free time well, not if everyone, you have but... if you have and that's the other thing that i would say as well if you <clears> have <throat> one other person you can play D D. yeah dragon of ice by a peak was free. dragon of ice but go dragon of ice by a peak is free right now uh not for long um but you can you can do it like if you if you go to here we go it's plug time go to my twitch channel twitch.tv forward slash crowverload there is an entire <laughs> series where i play D one-on-one with with emily 
Um, yeah. And it's it's a bit more intense on the DM, but there's just two of you. So why does it matter? Like if you're a bit slower on the kind of having to work things out. And the point is you, you get together and you have fun. Like the first time that Emily and I tried playing D&D one-on-one, we were, in, we were at Lake Vernwe uh, for our anniversary and we just kind of planned that we didn't have a lot to do because the weather was awful and we uh we sat down and we were like let's just play some dnd i hadn't really planned it so it was mm. it was terrible like the session was a complete mess i was just like oh there there's a there's a well there there's a blight in it oh it attacks you Rah. um <laughs> it was very kind of and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens but it's still by the end of that session we were both crying in each other's arms because a dog died and we were both really sad about it <laughs> um that's and, D- that's the power of D and D. Yeah, exactly. Like shit, like that just happens sometimes. <laughs> it was a shit game. Like by oh all in- for all intents and purposes, that was a shit game. Um, but it was still a very kind of emotionally powerful thing. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was very strange, but it was good. Highly recommend right. it. But again, and I think the other reason why it's good is it lends itself to scheduling because you've got to have at least one other person to organize it with and you block it out in certain times each day and it kind of links me back to this idea of even if you don't have a job or kind of have any set plans make a schedule for yourself get it kind of in your brain because then you kind of you can look at the clock and be like oh right okay it doesn't have to be strict right you can just be like, in the morning, I will do this. And in the yeah. afternoon, I will do this. Um, don't make... Because if you make it too strict, like I, I've i tried to sh- schedule myself before and I made it really strict and it just it just doesn't... It'll work for a bit and then you'll get sick of it, like immediately. Mm. Um, that was back when I was trying to cram so much stuff into my days. Like I was trying to cram like working full time, YouTube, going to the gym, kendo, video games anime like i was just trying to do everything and trying to like apportion my time in such a way to make it work it just all fell apart yeah i remember here's the thing um there are certain things you can do to stop yourself from being bored one of them that i think is bad is it doesn't happen until november usually but i guess whatever time doesn't matter anymore nanowrimo because mm-hmm. you saying that reminded me of the almost meltdown you went through that one time you did NaNoWriMo in uni. Yeah. I tried to forget um, about that. There's making it so that you're not bored and then there's overpressuring and overworking yourself with everything that you do. And there has to be like a balance in between where you can turn off and just go, okay, I'm going to do whatever like i've done some creative hobby for a bit but if i carry on doing that it's not gonna be fun so i'm gonna go and play video games or i'm gonna go yeah. read a book or i'm gonna go God. watch a tv show i, rem- I uh, remember that because Nan- nanorimo was the reason why uh i ended up doing a whole assignment and handing it in in the span of half an hour because oh i because i'd um prioritized nanorimo over over my own university work uh, I got a C though. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know how. Positive um, of the situation. But yeah, it was. Um, 
that was a really really stressful I, I think i've still got it somewhere i think i've still got what i've what i've written somewhere i think i've got it on a laptop which i don't have a charger for um uh, so that's crowdfund a new charger for that laptop i could i could dig it out and uh and then i'll read it and cringe horribly because it was bad everything that's that a... anyone writes in nanowrimo is bad if you want my <laughs> honest opinion it was just shitty not the optimal fiction. way to write a novel and yes but also me and emily talked about fan fiction so go listen to that episode where we encourage <laughs> everyone to write even if it's bad fan fiction <laughs> It was this week. The concept was like it was set in like kind of medieval fantasy sort of setting. So there was magic and stuff. And the idea was that the the earth, like the the earth as a as an entity, was really angry at everything that the the human race was doing. Um, so it created demons. And the idea was that demons kind of popped out of the ground. And um, sounds very D and D campaigny. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. Now that you think of it, yeah, it kind of. It kind of was. And um, like demon demons would come out of the ground, and their whole thing was like they were the antithesis to the human race, so they just existed to destroy them. Um, mm. And they usually had, um, they would have their names like they were born with their names carved into the into their back, and uh, their name was essentially like their function within within that that group, like what what they would do. And it just it just happened that um, one of them popped up. Oh, um, also like. The, the size of their horns or the amount of horns that they had determined how powerful they were. Um, and the main character was essentially this kid that popped out of the ground with like gigantic stag horns um, who didn't want to do it. Like he just decided, oh, maybe they're not all bad. And um, it kind of went from there. I can't even really remember the, the plot too much, but he essentially had like this one this one guy that was trying to guide them in one direction and then them being like, well, I don't, I want to make my own decisions sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I like so the yeah. premise though, that they just like pop out of the ground with fucking horns. <laughs> I came, I came up with some, with some cool moments. Cause his whole thing was like, cause it was, it was very anime as well. So like every demon had like an element associated with them and his element was darkness because edgy. Um, But there was like a thing where he ended up, I didn't get to this point in writing it, but when I was planning it out, there was a point where um, he got involved in a war. So, like, he, he made a friend with a human kid, and um, that kid ended up getting sent to war, and he just sort of went with him. And um, during the war, he just got, like, he was um, kind of horrified by all the atrocities and stuff that were happening. It's like, why are people doing this to each other and whatever and getting getting more and more angry? Yeah. And then during the, uh, like, as that was all going on, an eclipse happened. And his, like, his power was, like, completely based on, like, the phase of day and night. So he'd be more powerful during the day and, no, sorry, quite weak during the day and more powerful during the night. And while the eclipse happened, he basically went completely apeshit. Because um, oh. he, he could teleport through shadows and stuff. So the idea was that in that split second that, that the world was in complete darkness he just like appeared in one of the commander's rooms and went what the fuck are you doing <laughs> and just like beat the shit out of him um oh, there was some yeah there was some oh now that i'm thinking about it i'm like i could do this now and it would probably be it would probably be like fun good. yeah um nanorimo but just... yeah it's very you have to do like what two thousand words a day yeah i think it's about i think it averages out to about 1700 words a yeah. day which is a lot 
it doesn't sound like a lot when you when you get into the zone, but when you cannot get into that zone, it's impossible. Like, and then you feel really bad because you're gonna miss your goal or whatever. Yeah. So like seventeen seventeen hundred words. If you divide that into that's give or take, it's about two hundred and fifty words an hour, which is a lot. Yeah. Like when you when you gotta kind of like think about it as well. Like if you're just sort of. Going, I think the idea is you're not meant to think about it, right? You just sort of go with the flow, and you're not. Yeah, meant... I think the idea of NaNoWriMo is not to make an award-winning novel, but just yeah, to you, write. You come up with like an extremely rough draft, and then if you want to go back and tweak it afterwards, you can. Yeah, I, I did NaNoWriMo not too long ago, in terms of years. I guess probably about three years ago, and I smashed it. Like I wrote about seventy-five thousand words in that month. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, I, none the of idea it was is... good, though. <laughs> Because isn't the idea, like, by the end of it, you have a 50,000-word thing? Novel, yeah. Yeah. Which is, a, which is a novella, I think. Like, it's considered uh, a short I, novel. I, yeah, probably. Um, it ain't no Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Lord of the Rings popped into my head, but there you go. Um, so, yeah, in terms of boredom, my suggestion is always creativity. Write, draw a picture play D&D, that's creativity, like me and Emily said. Yep. Um, but don't overpressure yourself and mm-hmm. have to do a full-time job and also NaNoWriMo and also, you know, live a life with the people around you and also have other hobbies, you know. Just hey, indulge you're in your hobbies to... a little bit, but not yeah. too much. <laughs> you're allowed to have days as well where, um, I think definitely as well, plan, this is something that I need to beat into my head, is allow yourself time to do nothing as well. Because if you overpressure yourself, um, you will burn out, and then you just end up back at square one. And that's kind yeah. of—I had to force myself to do that last weekend. I was like, Saturday, this this Saturday, I have to do nothing. Um, and yeah, it's it's really hard. And I think I I think I didn't like I failed to do nothing that day. I have to, I have to potter. Yeah. Um, but you need you need to do it. You got to give your brain a rest. And it's very I think it's very difficult in these times especially to allow yourself to to do that because again a lot of people feeling guilty like stuck at home feeling like you know I should really be doing something but don't stop putting pressure on yourself yeah have a think and be like is there a game on your shelf that you haven't finished yet that you always kind of felt like getting around to it give it crack it out give it a go maybe you won't finish it but that doesn't matter um But yeah, like uh, creativity, structure, uh, exercise as well. Like not like you don't have to go mental. Um, Obviously be safe. But um, I've noticed that this week, definitely like Emily and I have made the effort to go out, even if it's just for like a half hour walk every day. Yeah. Um, It makes a difference. And I think the thing is like while you're out and you're walking, your, your mind thinks in a different way than if you're just kind of sat at home and you might yeah. find that after you've been out and about for a bit it shakes off some of the boredom rust and you go like oh when i get home i'm gonna do this yeah uh, i went out twice this week actually um which is two times more than the past maybe three weeks um because i've not left the house in a super duper long time apparently um and I look forward to the day where I can go outside and not have to wear a face mask. Definitely looking forward to that. 
Emily and um, I got face masks in the post yesterday, and uh, they're a little bit big, and yeah. it's very annoying. <laughs> I got one that's a little bit too big as well. Um, but I, when I went to Japan, I had a cold sore, and I didn't want to walk around with this cold sore, so I just bought myself some face masks to sort of, like, pop on so that no one could see it. Mm-hmm. And I kept them for five years <laughs> in a tin, and then suddenly it was incredibly, like, a, a great asset to have, if you will. Um, so my hoarding tendencies came through for me in this one and only instance because I don't think there's ever going to be another time where I need half of the stuff I have. But I'm working on the hoarding thing. But I'm glad I kept the face masks, because I very nearly threw them away at the end of last year. So. Yeah. Um, but now, see, is that going to reaffirm to me? You should keep everything, you never know what's going to no. happen. No, like, I, no. <laughs> seriously, I've been looking at like, as I've been like getting doing streaming and stuff like that i threw away so much shit when i moved out of the manchester city center Mm. um and it's shit that i really wish i hadn't now oh um just like little little things i thought i'm never going to use this again and lo and behold i I kind of want it now um but eh, these things happen I, i think it's better to throw things away because then if you kind of turn around and go oh i do need that again it kind of stresses how important it is yeah um and just having having lots of clutter um just isn't isn't healthy no um, but i sure live in that cluttered lifestyle right yeah now. man that clutter life but i'm slow like one of the things that i want to do this week to take away my boredom is i want to start taking pictures of things for ebay listings mm-hmm. so that because we're getting towards the point now i feel where I'm going to be able to go out and go to the post office more often so I can yeah. redo all of my listings. So I just want to like take photos of everything, put them in a box, and then just have that box be my eBay box. Yeah. It's a good uh, idea. Like I used to have like a... spread out everywhere. Yeah, I used to have a pile um of like figures and stuff that would sit in the corner of my room and that was my this this is my figures to sell pile. I I really need to go through and sell all of my um Magic the Gathering and Weisschwarz cards because mm. I don't play those games anymore. Um, yeah. I, like, I love I love Magic the Gathering, but I don't... Like, if I'm going to play it, I'm going to play either Arena, which is all digital, or uh, I'm going to play Commander, uh, which I don't need millions upon millions of cards in a massive collection for. Yeah. Um, I might as well. Like, I've got a lot of cards that are probably worth a fair bit of money. It's just... You know, this would probably be the perfect time to do it, but it's a lot of. It just looks like such a lot of work. Yeah, I, to, I think doing something that big could probably be seen as quite quite a lot of work. Yeah. You know, um, I think my plan though is kind of again, like you say, when when the post office is more accessible and maybe the postal service is a bit more reliable, um, just kind of maybe going through a bit at a time. And just yeah. chip away at it. Maybe do like five list. Like it doesn't sound like, but maybe do like five listings a week or something, and just kind of slowly make my way through it. Yeah, just don't overburden yourself with it because eBay can be really, really stressful. Yeah, I make it sound like it's the hardest job in the world. It's not. Um, 
but making sure that all of your listings are perfect and that you're listing everything in proper condition and then you have to communicate with your buyers and then your buyers mm-hmm. don't get the item and you have to refund them even though they didn't pay for tracking or whatever. Yeah, and some, sometimes buyers are just assholes as well. And the worst thing is sometimes you'll get people that just try things on. Like um, yeah. a while back, I had... Um, when I sold my Blackrock Shooter, my insane Blackrock Shooter Figma, I sold it mm. for 150 quid. She... She... She paid for my capture card, um, <laughs> but um, the that Figma was a free gift. Well, not a free gift, but it came bundled with the um, Blackrock Shooter uh, Blu-ray of like the original uh, anime series, not the original yeah. anime series, the, the the series that was on TV. Um, so. Um, did they want the the Blu-ray? By they wanted, as well? yeah. They basically they basically said, "Doesn't this come with a Blu-ray?" And I said, "No, the the Figma comes with the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray doesn't come with the Figma." Um, that was kind of difficult to explain, but um, yeah, it was that it was the whole thing of I said that and they didn't they didn't respond, which tells me that they were just trying it on to see if they could get a free Blu-ray out of me or something. Um, I don't know. You've got to be so specific in your eBay listings as well, because it's like, okay, you have to say, if this was a bonus item, you have to say that it doesn't come with whatever it was a bonus item for. Yeah. So it's just... And I think I, I, think I, I think I was fortunate enough that I did put that in the listing. Mm. Um, so, but uh, it might have been the way that I worded it. In... Yeah, just be careful. Um, but yeah, I'm just sort of like surrounded by a bunch of stuff that I want to sell. I've decided yeah. that I'm going to get rid of basically all of my Figma. Um, I did that. I don't have the... tons, but... The only the only Figma that I've kept, as you might have already seen, is my Berserk ones. Yeah, I'll um, probably keep my Fire Emblem ones, and that's probably about yeah. it. Because um, I was like, they they have they have value to me. Although, putting them together and kind of getting them to stand up and stuff made me reminded me of why I hated Figmas. The fucking nightmare. They're not, just not so fiddly. Oh, I'll keep, I guess I'll keep my Zelda ones as well because those are in the debt off, so I don't have to clean those yeah. very often. Like it was, it was weird. Like when I was younger, I used to, I used to really like Figmas because I thought they, like, you know, they were kind of easier to pose and stuff. And I hated Revoltex because they're so like, they're so clicky and like rigid. Um, now, now my. Um, now my thoughts are the complete opposite. Like Revoltex are way better than Figmas because even though it takes a lot of effort to get them the way you want them, once they're there, they are not going anywhere. That pose is not changing, <laughs> and I, I appreciate that more than than maybe having slightly more fine control over something like a Figma. Yeah, for sure. Man, I miss figure collecting, but I can't afford that hobby no. anymore. It's so no, expensive. It's, now. Yeah, it's just extortionate now. Um, but I'm gonna sell one of my most expensive things that's grown in value, and I mm. feel very conflicted about it because I know I'm not gonna appreciate this specific figure that <laughs> that I'm talking about as much as someone else, and it's worth a lot of money. And it's the um, Altair Archer figure from Fate Stay Night. Oh yeah. Um, that comes with like the bow and the daggers, and it's really nice figure and i've enjoyed it it's been great but i can't i don't i don't even know where to store the box the box is fucking mm-hmm. huge so i think it needs to go 
That's I feel a bit thing. sad about it. <laughs> that, is, that is the worst thing about figure collecting is is all of the boxes. Like I want to reach a point where I go, um, okay, I've got I've sold all the figures that I want to sell. Everything that I've that I've kept, I am happy with just getting rid of the box because I know that I'm either not going to sell it ever. Like the 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 only time that this is going to leave my house is if it breaks and I have to throw it away. Um, right. Or I, you know, or I'm content with selling it for like a quarter of its resale price, because mm. I, I think sometimes it reaches a point where I have to go like, th- this thing has, like, it's like eating, right? You you pay for food, you eat the food, you like that thing's value has been expended. Yeah. Like there are certain things that do retain their value. Like for example, I'd never get rid of the the box for my guts figure that's worth over yeah. like which is worth nearly like 3 grand at this point. Um Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's be- it's because they don't it's probably going to deflate soon. Um cuz I I know that it is you can still buy it. Like they've they've done a rerun of it recently. Oh, did um, they? Yeah, but with it being like one of the first ones, I reckon it's still going to it's going to have collectors value but i'm probably never yeah. going to get rid of it even so i'm still going to keep the box um yeah that one that's... you should definitely keep the box yeah. for cuz that's the kind of thing that if i die that is going to be worth a lot of money to someone and you know could be value could be valuable to them or like if i have kids you know and even if they're not interested it could be like a worthwhile investment for them yeah um but other stuff like a figure that I spent 60 quid on 10 years ago, do I really need to make back <laughs> the resale value on that? No. It's been in my room for 10 years. It's definitely, like, paid. It's, uh... I've gotten the value out of it, so I'm happy selling it on for maybe 20 quid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. and the, the you got prepared for that with figure collecting. Yeah, exactly. When, and when you buy the, the wrong shit. So. The, tra- the trade-off is I get to get rid of the box, which means that I've got more space. Space is underrated. It really is. <laughs> Und- or just like a lack of clutter. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I look I look at the the pile of boxes in the corner of this office and it stresses me out. <laughs> you would probably have a heart attack if you saw my desk. <laughs> it used to be a lot worse than this. I used to have like three times the amount of boxes in the corner of this room. And I'm impressed that we even got it down this much. Anyway. You know, small things. There you go. Another thing to do to yeah. call your boredom. Organize. Throw away all your boxes. Yeah. Do some recycling. Yeah. Help the planet. So you saw your roommate. Like I, I, uh, I rejigged the office, and it was a great experience. I really kind of want to paint my room. Really. I bought paint like a year ago. Mhm. And then last summer, I was just too busy to paint my room. I so... would, I would do it sooner rather than later before it gets too hot to do it again. Yeah, that's true. Because we are we are on the cusp of summer. I'm thinking maybe if I do just like one wall at a time, I could probably do it. Yeah. Because I live in a really fucking old house, and for some reason my walls get dusty. <laughs> oh, ceiling, okay. The ceilings are too high for me to dust my walls. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I might I might do a wall and see how it goes. Yeah. Do it. Um, that'll be. My project. Yeah, man. Um, anyway. 
Yes. We've given uh, you some ideas. I think the schedule thing is the best idea. If you've got things you need to do, make yourself a little list the day before you need to do them. Yeah. One thing that I used to do, uh, I don't do it so much anymore, but it was really helpful when I was um, really struggling to focus and get stuff done, was, um, I think I mentioned it right at the start, but just make yourself a small list. Just be like, well, before you go to bed the night before, just write down three things that you want to do the next day. Um, and just the 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 act of striking those things off the list is very rewarding in of itself. You know, I'm going to try that. I'm going to do that today. I'm going to write myself a list of things to do tomorrow. Yeah. Don't, don't, I, I would recommend not doing, like you can stretch to four, but I wouldn't do more than four. Because then you start, mo- it starts to get a bit unrealistic after that. Mine are going to be like, put the recycling in the recycling bin. Yeah. Um, stream. Yeah. And play Final Fantasy for the rest of the day, you know. Um, that, that's cheating. I might make a candle tomorrow. That would be good, yeah. Because I ran out of candles, one. so... It's things like... you. Got, the, the list has got to kind of be things that you wouldn't, nor, you wouldn't do just anyway, like idly, right? Mm-hmm. So for us, it was things like... This is when we were, like, Emily and I were both kind of in poor mental health and we were struggling to do, like, everyday tasks. So it would be things like do the washing up. Uh, yeah. Oh, my mind has gone completely blank. Um, yeah. D- do the do the washing up. Um, put the laundry on. Yeah, put, put the washing machine on and, um, I don't know, tidy up the bathroom. Yeah, and that would be the three things. And then once those three things are done, you can just be like, "I can chill now." To do list, I'm doing it now. <laughs> but that's that's a very like loose. When I talk about scheduling, that counts. Like that's a very loose method of scheduling. Um, it's just putting the thought in your mind, um, so that when you wake up the next day, you've already got a kind of a laundry list of things to do that you've already mentally prepared yourself for, and that, just. From my personal experience, I find it very helpful. I've got my to-do list for tomorrow, so I'll, I'll report back. I'll do it every day this week and see how it goes. See Excellent. how many things I tick off. And if, you, and if you're not feeling great, if you can't think of more than two things, just put two things. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to do three things. I find that sometimes forcing yourself to come out with the third thing does help. Like, you can come up with some interesting stuff. Mm. But it's not, it's by no means required. Oh, I've been meaning to make candles this entire time I've been in quarantine and I've not done it. But I've Ooh. run out of candles now, so I need <laughs> I need to make my own. Uh, I want to try I want to try making soap. That's a really There you go. That's my odd thing. We Emily and I watched a YouTube video about soap um in medieval times and I kind of want to it's a very simple process apparently and I kind of want to give it a go. Do it. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll try that. Next time we go uh. shopping, I'll get some bits and bobs. Yeah, I don't feel like you need massive safety gear that you can't buy right now to make soap, so. Which is the problem with resin. Can you buy gloves? Fuck no. No. Yeah. (laughs) Though I did go to the chemist uh, yesterday, which is one of the reasons that I left the house. I went to the chemist, and they were actually selling gloves there. Wow. But I suppose, I I guess the shortages aren't as bad. As they were when everything first kicked off. Oh my god, we went to Morrison's, and anything that I wanted, I could have. Like, 
that's the first time I've been to the supermarket in two and a half months, I think. Uh, we had an online order which didn't have a bunch of stuff in that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted corn chicken nuggies more than I wanted life. Did I get those? I didn't get the nuggies in that online order, but I went into Morrison's and guess who got some fucking nuggies? Me. I got them. They're mine now. <laughs> I was very excited about the nuggies. Well, I'm very glad that you were able to. Obtain. <laughs> you sound it. obtain the the nuggies of uh, now man that's something that i would be excited about we are so emily and i tried yesterday uh what were they they were um corn they're like chili and corn um fritters with uh, (laughs) butternut squash and um i think they had something else in them the 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 upshot is they were very nice Mm. and they were they were very cheap um gluten and meat free which is a rarity sick, sick. and um yeah there give we go. Go. next I mean, time i come next time i come to see you they were they were very nice i'm hungry now let's wrap yeah, this up so i can have some lunch <laughs> all right all right all right so i don't know that that was actually helpful advice but we killed an hour and 20 minutes of your day there you go. About listen stuff, to the pod. So. Listen to podcasts. Listen to me talk for an hour and thirty minutes. Um, also, watch my streams. Uh, okay, so they are pretty editions. good. <laughs> I updated my layout. That was the thing I did to kill my boredom. I finally did a layout. It's not very good, but it's a start. And that's all that matters right now. Your your new BRI back screen is amazing. So, <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of what to put in that empty space. So I went with my stitches emote, and then I started writing out this quote, and I'm like, no, he'd talk in Comic, comic Sans. He would talk in Comic Sans. <laughs> so I put I put a little quote from Stitches on there in Comic Sans. Incredible. It made me happy. I'm going to make a special too. one for uh, Octopath. Yeah. So I'm going to do that later. That That's on my to-do list of today. You streaming later? Well, by later, I mean when we're recording this. Uh no, I'm gonna stream no. tomorrow though. That's so. fine. I can never. I want to play Final remember. Fantasy today, to be honest. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, I do as well. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do Song that. Song recommendations. I've got, I've got. I'm gonna have some lunch. I've got some bits and bobs that I need to do. I need to. I want to plan a YouTube video. Um, Hell yeah! But then when I'm done with all of that, I'm gonna jump on Final Fantasy. I think you can help me do my leveling roulette for the day. Ah. Uh, right. Song recommendations. We can get through the rest of this stuff pretty quick. So. Yes, uh, and I will very that. quickly, I'll very quickly jump in on the topic of Final Fantasy. The you can get the, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the starter bundle. It's free at the moment, which is I think it? is just. I think you can. I think you can get the base game for free right now. Yeah. Well, there you go. Perfect opportunity to jump right into the world of Eorzeal. <laughs> and you can come on to come on to the Midgard Zorma server and say hi to me. <laughs> and Abby, I'll be there. Sometimes. I'll help. I'll help you out. I'm 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 level eighty on on all three of the primary roles, so I can I can help you out with whatever you want. Oh God, thank God, thank God. Because I play because I play far too much of that game. I need to do some more main story quests, so I'm gonna do that. Yes, you do. While I wait for you to help you. No, we'll get you. We'll get you caught up on Archer, and then you can do main story as Archer. Yes, Archer. Although, I think I'm about the right level now. Uh, 
I'm, I'm either there or I'm not far off. I'll have to check. And you'll but... find is if you do main story and do your roulettes alongside main story, you will level up like nobody's business. And as soon as you get, as soon as you hit fifty, <laughs> it just gets even faster from there. Can't like, wait. It, Can't, it gets... I cannot wait to hit fifty. Because <laughs> the more, the more, like, once you hit level fifty, you'll start unlocking more roulettes. Um, which means that the more time you have to invest, the faster you, you level up. It's it's stupid. Oh, that's exciting. Um, it's good though. Like uh, <clears throat> like our friend Paul, he hasn't even like on one of his characters, he hasn't even started the new expansion, and they're already level eighty. Oh my god! All right then. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, song recommendations. I went with a different theme for this episode. So usually I pick specific songs. But this time, I have picked three video game soundtracks for you to put on in the background as you do your to-do list and, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so, first one. One of my favourite soundtracks of all time, Fire Emblem Awakening. It's Pretty good. really good. You should listen to it. It's got my favourite song from that, Conquest and Conquest of Blaze. They're both very good. Um, second, I think this is more of a chill... Uh, I don't even know how I would describe the music that's in this game. Final Fantasy Fifteen. It's got some bluesy... Sounds like I'm stopping off at a gas station in the middle of <laughs> Texas. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's got some good chilled out songs on there. Um, there's a remix of the Chocobo theme that's all like harmonica and bluesy. Listen to it, it's good. Uh, and the last one, specifically for Bill. If you feel like you want to visit mainland China, but you can't right now, the Shenmue 3 soundtrack <laughs> is very good. Um, I've been enjoying that a lot, and I don't know why. I've never played Shenmue 3. I've literally just watched Bill play it, and... Uh, it was a joy. It's always been a joy. So, there you go. That's my song recommendations for the week. Links to playlists of all of those soundtracks in the description. So, yeah. <sighs> right. There are no free things to do this week. Instead, except play Final we... Fantasy. Except play Final <laughs> Fantasy, apparently. Um, but one thing that's cool that's happening in the UK that's similar to the online vendor thing that we talked about in the last episode um, is MCM LDN online so MCM, Lon MCM London got cancelled for the second time RIP. I guess um, so it's been cancelled and if you search this hashtag on Twitter there are a bunch of artists who are running sales right now by the time this episode goes out I think most of the sales will have ended however um, you can keep still an go eye, and keep see an eye on some. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people and... will continue to use it. Oh, probably they should because the the visibility that I've gotten on artists, yeah, over the last day has been pretty good. I've bought myself two things so far. Um, I bought myself a little um, keyring that says Wizards Chocobo Post on it. It's from Final Fantasy 15, and it's cute. Uh, and I liked that. And then I bought myself. I found a pin, and I don't think I've ever, like, gotten emotional about a pin badge before, but I saw this pin badge, and I was like, I have to have it. It's a little pin badge that says uh, Chronic Warrior on it, and it's meant to empower people who have chronic illnesses, uh. which I have too, and I thought it was so cool that I had to buy one, so I did. 
Excellent. Um, and there's a lot of D and D stuff. Yep. Probably some anime stuff. I don't know. Just check out the hashtag. Never. Go and support some artists. We um, if you find any Final Fantasy fourteen stuff, let me and Emily know because for some reason nobody nobody does. It's really weird. Like every every expo or anything that we that we've been to, we can never we find like one artist that was selling a couple of bits and bobs, but nothing that really kind of caught our attention. There was one. I find they, that they, weird. They drew like an old Japanese styley uh, kind of drawing of the uh, the Great Serpent of Ronka, which was incredible, but it wasn't what we were looking for. But yeah, it is really odd. Like there's a lot of stuff on Etsy, but yeah, it just I don't know. I feel like um I feel like enough people play fourteen that um we would there see more of it. Like but a really big fan art community yeah, that make it's really prints. it's really really odd. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for that and and let me know. Yeah. Also, if you see any prompto stuff, any fire emblem <laughs> stuff, shout shout at me. Um, although Alan did link me to a Claude Keering that I'm really on the fence about buying because I don't I don't know if I need it, but yeah. <laughs> I might. I don't know. You never um, need keyrings. But my eater bag. No, that's a, that's a blanket <laughs> statement. That's not just to you. That's to everyone. You never you never need a keyring. But my eater bag. What if I had a Claude insert? If it was I think I've had more. I think I've had more key rings and charms in my life than I've had hot dinners. <laughs> oh, look at this pin badge that I bought. You have seven thousand. Why ah! did you buy another one? <laughs> anyway, uh, go support some artists. Um, yeah. They're probably doing okay right now, but go support some artists from the UK this time. Yeah, I guess. they're they're probably doing okay, but they have been massively screwed over by the cancellation of these events because that's where the majority of their income comes from like mm -hmm. artists will make a bit from online sales but the the visibility and the the immediacy of face-to-face uh, -face sales at those events is extremely important did um, i ever tell you how much money I, sp I, I don't know if you remember the last anacom we went to there was a booth that was like very specifically a lot of fire emblem prints and yes stuff. I, I, rem I remember that, uh, that um, artist. i can't remember the artist's name and I ended up spending a lot of money mm -hmm. at this one. I think the only stuff I bought that weekend really was from that stall because I spent literally my entire budget there. It's <laughs> um, good though. So the face-to-face -face thing really does work. It's just yeah. easier to get eyes on eyes and stuff. Apparently, also this weekend, um, there is a thing called Emblem Con going on online, which is a Fire Emblem convention. <laughs> well, hey. Um, so I will be looking through the artists that are in their <laughs> thing. Um, so that's going to be, uh, a lot of fun <laughs> for me, not for my bank account. Um, <sighs> so yeah, support your artists. That's all. Support your artists. Say this as much as I can. Commission um, my wife. Do it. Yes. I need uh, more people to commission Emily because she, I want to see more of her artwork. So. She's currently she's currently saving up for a uh, graphics tablet. Well, not no. She's only saving up for like a, a tablet PC that she can do artwork on, um, which will be like on a purely selfish level will mean that I can stop carting my PC from the office to the living room when I'm working from home. Um, 
because I, I I really every time I move it, I worry I'm worried that I'm going to do something and it's just going to break. So for for my sanity, please commission my wife. <laughs> Twitter.com forward slash a bros. A bros three wise. I definitely want to get Emily on again to talk about more art stuff because people seem to really enjoy that episode. So <laughs> good. Um, the last thing we have for today is the good news of the episode. Um, so we mentioned before I talked about Captain Tom Moore, who uh, wanted to raise, I think, a thousand pounds before his 100th birthday by walking laps of his garden. Um, he, so far, <laughs> has raised 32 million pounds for the NHS. So, um, really smash that goal. And um, he apparently either is or will be knighted very, very soon um, for being a badass and raising so much money. Yeah, if you want like a textbook definition of what a badass is. Captain Tom Moore. Yeah. He sounds like a really sweet guy, to be honest. You know, there's just something to me that's so nice about seeing someone who is old doing something so cool <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that sounds ageist or anything um but there's just something about you know they don't have the ability that they used to have but they're still doing their part love it um it's the um i've seen i've seen an interesting uh kind of topic floating around on the internet of the um i can't remember what the the name for it is but the whole idea of um people people doing things that is of no immediate benefit to them like a, a thing that that you do which is only helping other people and the uh the analogy that's used is um shopping trolleys and the and the idea of um you can measure how selfless a person is based on whether or not they return their trolley to the kind of trolley yard or whatever you want to call it after they're done mm. shopping because that is an action that does not benefit them in any way yeah you know what i mean like it's just it, it is oh is i think you can just leave it at the front of the front of the thing um you can just kind of dump it somewhere you can you can do whatever but like it's it's kind of a, a an easy the easiest example of like a purely selfless act it's like yeah there's a there's an expectation there but no one's going to force you um and i guess that kind of i guess i guess to to me it kind of hits a similar note in that this is this is a person who really like it's not what they're doing isn't helping them at all and mm-hmm. they they go they're going like what benefit is uh, is he going to get from giving all this money to the nhs not a whole lot not a whole lot that he wouldn't have gotten anyway yeah um, so yeah it's it's fantastic like i guess you could i guess you could argue that the uh like he's you know he's kind of gotten a lot of attention over it and all that kind of that stuff was the but, intent, though. well no <laughs> exactly and that's that's the point isn't it mm. um so yeah good lad yeah congratulations captain tom moore sir captain tom moore i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um so to recap support your artists make a checklist do something creative play a video game 
be nice to yourself and talk to your doctor if you need to. Yes. And uh, have some lunch. Yeah, oh. I could go for, I could go for oh. some. Emily and I yesterday, right? We oh, um God. so so I can't I can't drink milk, yeah. Because hmm. uh, my stomach is made out of paper. Um, and we, but I can drink oat milk, right? And we found that, that Oatly do a oat-based chocolate milk drink. Oh my god. We had some <laughs> this morning and it was fucking awesome! So I'm going to have some more of that, I think. It's the little things. It really is. It's the little things right now. Um, so I appreciate the little things. And... Uh... Yeah, we'll see. Well, I'll see you next week for another episode of A Cup of Nepenthe. So, thanks yeah, so much boys. for listening. Thank you for Hope joining you enjoyed me your Cup of Nepenthe today. No, thank you for having me on again. Um, I'm really it surprised is... that you're not that you're not sick of me by this point. But um... no, I'm not, I've not been sick of you for the last ten years. So oh, there you hell. go. Um, um, also, today's got... <laughs> today's got... cup of Nepenthe is uh, lactose free. Just for those of you <laughs> <laughs> does it normally have milk in it um i mean what do you think she's she's very white so i would say there's probably a lot of milk in whatever maybe whatever nepenthe is <laughs> she's very smooth the way she talks to the borador <laughs> she's a very smooth operator um, <laughs> that's not true <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh yeah stay safe everyone um yeah i, I hope you 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 are well remain well or uh, are doing what you can to become well and uh, yeah. yeah all the best and we'll see you next time stay safe stay sane same as usual bye bye i i almost uh just dropped out of the call instead of stopping audacity <laughs> i nearly did. i think i've actually done that before in a podcast recording <laughs>